as a first down and a lot more. The home for props football. To the 25-20, to the 10. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM Glassboro. To the house, touchdown. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. A weekly look at the latest happenings in Profs football. Today's show is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble Bookstore, The Brown & Gold Gridiron Club, Inspira Health, Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar, The Rowan University Alumni Association, and the Southwest Council. Now we take you to Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar in Glassboro, New Jersey with Derek Jones and the head coach of Rowan University Football, Jay Accorsi for the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. It is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from right here in Glassboro, New Jersey at Italian Affair. Derek Jones joined by the head coach of Profs Football, Jay Accorsi. Coach, welcome back. Yeah, it's great to be here. And, Coach, we've got a lot of ground to cover here with the game, of course, happening last Saturday against Salisbury and, of course, taking a look forward to Montclair State this Saturday at Coach Richard Wacker Stadium. But let's go back to what happened last Saturday, 28-23 win for the Seagulls of Salisbury University. Back and forth game for much of the contest. And, you know, I, I think when you t take the, the long view of this game, obviously you have to feel good about how your team competed. Um, take me through the beginning of the game and kind of how that played out. Yeah, I thought we, again, started out really well. Um, you know, they elected to take the ball, so we were going to find out exactly, you know, what we were in for um, with our defense, and, and we held them and, and stopped them, and I thought really turned them away in the first half. Um, you know, we got on them a little bit. We had some opportunities to score in that second period quarter. Um, I think, you know, if we had gotten maybe one touchdown, you know, because there was a series where we kicked off, they didn't feel the kickoff, we went down, got the field goal, um, kicked off, they had the ball, we got the turnover, we were back down there again, and we went backwards and didn't get any points out of that. I think looking back, if we were to get at least maybe one touchdown out of those two possessions, I think we could have made it a little bit more of a distance game and had them maybe play a little bit more catch-up, which is what they don't want to do. Um, but, but I thought we played really well. I, I thought we played really well defensively the whole game. Um, and, again, that second quarter, you know, I, I wish we had scored a touchdown out of those two possessions. We got a field goal, but I think at least a touchdown, if we gotten two touchdowns, I think that would have been just really, really good for us, but, but we didn't. Well, it, yeah, to that point, I mean, you look at how that game kind of started out. You get to around 11 minutes or so left to go before halftime, and there's already, already been a total of 31 points scored in the game, kind of a back and forth. So, yeah, to your point, the the field goal instead of the touchdown there kind of sets you back. What did you see there on when the game's tied at 7? They are able to take the lead on the, the fumble recovery. Uh, yeah, again, you know, they had a, a, a pretty nice drive. Um, you know, we were able to get them to cough the football up and just couldn't jump on it, no. and they did for the score. Again, I, th I thought defensively we did a great job, except for, you know, a couple inside traps and things. And, again, their fullback is really good, um, you know, very dynamic. Um, I think if you take away his two, maybe three big runs, I think we really kept them in, in check without any big plays. But, 
again, I, I thought we pressured them, um, you know, their offense. I thought we pressed their offense. I thought we gang-tackled. We got to the perimeter. We really had them on edge, and, and we just kind of let them out. When you take a look at from the offensive side of things, they were able to do just kind of enough to, to slow you down to at least get the lead um, that they wanted to in the second half. And in the running game, they made it tough for you, it seemed like, at times. Yeah, they did. And, and again, you know, it's not always just about their offense. Their defense has always been very good. Um, you know, and really good teams have to have both sides play really well. So, again, you know, their defense is really good. They don't give up a lot of points. Um, again, I thought in that second quarter, if we had gotten more points out of those turnovers and had them down on the field, that would have helped. But, it, but again, they're really good. And, again, they're going to be good against the run because they see that every day in practice. So, you know, again, that's what you need to understand. Um, and it's unfortunate. I thought we left some plays out there. And, and again, I just, you know, we let the drive in the thir- end of the third for them to kind of go up. Um, and then at the beginning of the fourth, the short field, um, the return game hurt us a little bit in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, and, and again, I, I think they put themselves in a position. But, you know, we didn't give up. We went right down and scored and had another chance yep. to score at the end of the game. And, um, again, you know, I, I, I felt, and I think the coaches and the players feel like we're now back competing with the elite teams in the conference. And, and again, we still have a lot of players back. But, but you know, we we're very disappointed, very upset. But, again, you get up, it's a three-hour bus trip down, it's their homecoming, it's a huge crowd. I thought we responded and played really, really well. Just not well enough to get over the top to win. Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, you, you, you get into games like this, you always want to have a chance to win, and you, you put yourself in a position yeah, to be able to do that. Yeah, we did. You know, against, you know, one of the better teams in the conference. Um, you know, they don't have any conference losses. So, you know, we had worked hard to put ourselves in a position to play for – in a comp- you know conference championship game, which this was, um, we just fell short. But you know, I thought for the first time um, we really pressed them in the last couple of years, and I think for the first time we left there thinking we're really not far off. We're right there, and, and I think um, you know that's the encouraging part of it. A couple of performances I wanted to ask you about on the side of Rowan. John Maldonado, 11 catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns huge. Yep. Yeah, again, you know, um, you know, they kind of stripped, and he, he didn't get the two-point play. But, again, you know, they, they played it really well. We ran the drag all the way across, sprint to the field. You know, the corner sat and, and covered it and kind of hit John's hands a little bit. Again, I think, you know, we get those two points. Now it's a three-point game. Now instead of pressing for a touchdown, you just get down in for a field goal. But, um, again, I thought, you know, our key players played really well on both sides of the ball. And and yet again, you know, a name that, that keeps coming up, we, we've talked obviously about John Maldonado, but Terry Carlstrom, four catches, 68 yards, and a score. Yeah, his, his, you know, the, first, the touch, touchdown catch down the, 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 sco- you know, the scoreboard end, it's a great toe, keeping his toe in, high ball. Mike saw him a little late, but got the ball to him right on time. And, you know, again, that's what we need. We need other players to step up because we know they're going to key on John. We know they're going to spy Huzz. Um, you know, we know they're going to try to shut down the run with James Farah and Juwan. So, again, we need other players to come about. Um, and, again, those are going to be the players to take over on next year as well. That, that's got to be a stressful thing on the other side of the football for your defense because when you look at what they did through the air, they completed three passes, and they just basically went, 
to Hunter Cleaver in, in the process, and that, that's got to put stress on your defense because you, you make so much of this game about stopping that triple option attack that sometimes they can pop ones on you. Yeah, the one they scored going down the end, you know, we had wished the safety had gone up and battled a little bit more for the ball, was a little bit out of position, but we had a good call, you know, for the most part, the right players in the right spots. You know, he went up and made a great catch. Um, again, they don't really like to throw the throw the ball. They run it. But, again, you got to be able to defend the pass. And, again, they made a play and we didn't. You know, it's fourth and 12, I think. So you're just like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah. you know, again, good, good teams are going to do that and good teams have to defend it. So, also, um, as a part of things, you take a look at the defensive side of the football as we kind of continue along that line. Ahmad Gant, nine tackles, a couple for loss. Um, in that performance, uh, how, how would you assess the performance of, of the defense? Because sometimes people look at the numbers and say, well, they gave up X number of yards rushing. But in a game like that, they were able to kind of, again, give your team a chance, chance to, win. to win. Yeah, I mean, I think really if you take like the 90-yard run the fullback had um, where they, you know, we had him pinned and we let him loose and then maybe one or two of his other runs, I, I thought we kept them in check. Um, and, again, I thought defensively we played really well. We rallied to the ball. And again, it, you know, the goals, you know, and the things we put in place were from last year for this type of game. You know, last year we played Army Prep, we scheduled Springfield and played Salisbury. This year again, we scheduled Army Prep, we played Springfield and played Salisbury. So in the big picture of the last two years, it was about putting ourselves in a position to compete with Salisbury. We've done that. So now we kind of know what we need to do and have the recipe. Now we just got to get over the top. But, I, I, you know, I thought we really pressed them. They didn't get to the edge. Uh, we created turnovers. We, we stuffed them at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I thought we, we confused them a little bit with some different looks. I thought we played the best we've played against an option-style team. Uh, again, we need to get better. But I, I thought we played really well. And, again, put ourselves, like you said, in a position to win the game. That's what we did, and that's what you need to do. So the props, as a result, uh, fall to 5-3 and three on the season, 3-2 and two in conference play. Salisbury jumping to 7-1 and one now and 4-0 in the NJAC. So it, it's interesting now because you still have a couple games left in the season. What, what's the message been to the team this week during the course as you get ready for Montclair State, another tough physical team? Yeah, you know, again, we've been undefeated against the New Jersey schools, so that's what we want to continue to do. Um, again, like Salisbury, Montclair, we haven't had a lot of success the last few years. So, again, it's the same message is we have to go in, and if we want to say we're one of the better teams in the conference, we need to perform day in and day out against every team, and that's what we're talking about this week. You know, when you look at their record, it's very deceiving. They're in every, You know, they lost to Christopher Newport by one point. They had Salisbury in the ropes into the fourth quarter. You know, they barely lost to last-second field goal to TCNJ. Um, you know, missed extra point field goal against Kane. Um, you know, again, so they're right there. That's what we need to understand. So we need to play as well as, if not better, than we did this past Saturday against Salisbury against Montclair, another really good team in our conference. There's, there's just no let-up. Do, do you worry in some cases about a, a letdown, the, the emotional letdown of, of, of a game like last Saturday? And then, you know, obviously you have a team that's coming in where you have to stay on your toes for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think with this group, we've, you know, again, we, we've proven a lot of things that we could play really competitive, very good football. Um, I think, you know, this group has had that mindset all last year. 
Um, this group has had the same mindset this year. So, again, I'm not that worried about it. And, again, I think our players know that. You know, we're winning. We're doing better. You know, we're competing at higher levels, but we're still not there fully yet to finish it off. And I think the players understand that. And as the props look forward to action coming up on Saturday, certainly one of the big parts of their success this season has been um, the, the play of Mike Husney, who has been able to contribute, as always, Saturday, 17 of 32, 212 yards with three touchdown passes as well. Yeah, again, you know, uh, that's what you would expect. That's what we thought and we had hoped Mike would do, you know, going into his final year here. Um, and, and, again, that's what you expect, your big-time players to make big-time plays. Um, you know, and, again, he's rebounded and done really well. And, you know, sneakily every game has thrown like two or three touchdowns, right? John has sneakily caught one or two or three touchdowns every game so again teams are 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 are, uh, preparing for it they're doing things to stop it but you're still able to do it and i think that shows the resolve of of mike and and john and their production and what they've done you know they're going to be sorely missed next year but while they're still here now we still need to make sure they're productive and and you know some of the better offensive players in our conference yeah, and, and, you know, from some of the guests we've had on the show this season, you can tell the influence of those guys on some of the youngsters. Yeah, and again, that's the effect. The effect is, you know, building ourselves back up, and that's what we talked about in practice, too, with the three captains is, you know, we were kind of an okay team in 18 and 19, you know, just kind of okay. We didn't play in 20. We had to start over again in 21. Um, you know, last year when we started, we just really weren't very good, and it showed. And now we're playing at a high-caliber uh, conference championship level. And, and that's a credit to the players. Last year was really hard. It was really hard on all of them. And I think the three captains this year um, and what they did last year has really reestablished the program back where it needs to be. There's still more work to do, and there's still a lot we need to do. But you have to give them a lot of credit. They didn't waver, especially last year, to get us to progress where we are competing for a conference championship. Absolutely. As Coach mentioned with John Maldonado uh, a little while ago, 629 yards receiving so far this season, 47 catches, eight of those going for touchdowns. Not a, not a bad year. Yeah, no, so I mean, far. and again, you know, he's getting double covered. They're mm-hmm. under over. They're, they're pressing him. They're, you know, trying to do things to him, and he's still able to be productive. But again, it opens it up for, like you said, Terry Carlstrom and, and C.J., you know, and, and, and Eddie Jamison and, and some of the others, and in the run game, too. So it, it, we we needed to make sure we were going to be very balanced this year, and I think we are much more than we were last year. So the offense, we've certainly covered a lot of ground there. When we come back after the break, we will start talking about the defense a little bit more because we will be joined by a very special guest along the defensive line, Josh Ortiz. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here from Italian Affair in Glassboro. Stay tuned. We'll have more on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Headed your way right after this.
WGLS programming is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble, the official bookstore for Rowan University. Located at 201 Rowan Boulevard, Barnes & Noble is your number one choice for prof's gear as well as a wide assortment of gifts, accessories, and sportswear. The bookstore is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday from 10 to 6, and Sunday, 10 until 6 p.m. The Starbucks Cafe opens 8 a.m. Monday through Friday and at 10 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. For more information, their website is rowanbookstore.bnkollege.com. The Barnes & Noble Bookstore is proud to be a supporter of Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in to Rowan Radio for a community affair with me, WGLS-FM Public Affairs Director Megan Steckler. Each week, I'll discuss with local and national newsmakers topics that affect you and your community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and also online at rowanradio.com. This is C.J. Barron. You're listening to Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro, it's the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Derek Jones, joined by the head coach of Pross Football, Jay Corsi, and our Rowan University Football Player of the Week. It is Josh Ortiz. Josh, welcome. How are we doing? How are we doing? Good, and, and I'm excited to have you here because we, we talked a lot, obviously, throughout the course of the season about the defense and how well you guys have played throughout the course of the year. Uh, give me a, a broad view here on what the season's been like for you so far. Uh, you know, the season's definitely been something special this year. Um, you know, coming back from last year, we we weren't really expecting that outcome, but uh, we definitely grew together as a unit, and, you know, that shows our record this year, 5-3. and three. Uh getting ready getting prepped for this Saturday I mean it's just been it's just been fun you know the group of guys have been around you know the coaching staff everything you know everybody's just a big great bond you know everybody wants to be around each other so uh, there are a lot of notable players along the, the defense this year in particular the defensive line we had Eric Hill on the show yeah. uh, last week Ahmad Gant has been a, a very good player as well this year how about some of your teammates and what it's been like kind of playing alongside them this year oh uh, you know it's definitely been it, it's definitely been great you know Last year, uh, I felt like it wasn't a, a great bond, but this year, like, we're, we're, we're literally a big family this year, you know. Uh, Eric, usually on the left, right of me, you know, Mod, Mike, uh, a couple of those guys playing on the line with me. Uh, it, it's just great being able to rely on guys, be able to look to my right and left and know that they'll be there for me. You know, if I miss an assignment, I know they'll be there. I'll pick them up, everything like that. It's, it's just been all around great. Coach, what do you remember about discovering Josh here? Well, we knew a Josh in high school, and he went to another school. He made made the mistake to go somewhere else, um, transferred in, um, and obviously there's you know former teammates of his on the team, um, you know, and and the thing that impressed me watching his high school film, and talking to people was his competitiveness and and passion, um, and I've told him a, a couple of times already, you know, we get so caught up in height and weight and size and speed and things that you sometimes forget about the other parts of the game. You know, Josh was all over the place Saturday, 
And I think because he understands leverage, he understands the run game, um, and made some phenomenal, you know, the one play where he kind of dove got out of the way of the fullback and tripped up the quarterback. And he just finds a way to get himself in spaces most people don't. And what impressed me was what people said about him was great young man, be a great fit in the program. And, and that's ultimately what you care the most about is make sure it's a good fit, you know, and then see where the football piece falls together. When you take a look at Saturday, I mean, that, that's got to be a challenge going up against that triple option attack. Uh, talk to me about that game and, and how it went for you along that defensive line. Uh, I mean, coming into that game, we definitely had a mindset of just, you know, we're just going to dominate up front. That, that was the main plan. We're going to dominate. We're not going to let them, you know, get across our faces and just beat up on us all game. We wanted to come in there and let them know that we were there and that, you know, we're, we're nothing to joke around with years to come. How tough is that to deal with kind of all the, the ball movement that's going on and being able to – you really have to be disciplined to be able to deal with that kind of offense. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, Coach Feist really did a good job uh, last week of getting us prepped and ready of, uh, you know, keeping our main focus on our main targets and, and not being too quick to focus on one, one guy to make sure we have our eyes all over the field. We've had Coach on before in, in previous years, I believe, here on, on the, the Roan University Football Coaches Show. What's it like playing for him? Oh, I, love, I love him. love him. Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. So as you take a look now at the, the season here, the next couple of games, what are some of the goals that you have uh, individually and for the team? Um, I definitely, definitely as a team, we have to focus on finishing these two games strong, you know, setting, setting, setting a, a system up for next year, getting ready to come back next year and get ready to go back to work. Um, there's definitely, we have definitely have something special here for many years to come. And, you know, Rowan is definitely going to turn around and become something else and become what it used to be. But um, honestly, individually, I, I really haven't focused on that that much, you mm -hmm. know, because uh, I, I like, you know, playing with my with my teammates, I like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm not I'm not really a me guy. Like I love playing. Like I know those those guys are gonna be there for me, and I'm gonna be there for them. So if if I don't make a tackle, I know I can rely on my guys behind me to come up, step up, make a play. So I really don't focus on me that much. We we had Eric on recently, Eric Hill, and I asked him. I said, Do you remember the the point where you said I want to be a football player? Do you do you remember that for yourself? Um, yeah, I do actually. Uh, I was. Probably eight-year-old me with a mohawk, <laughs> just getting in the pads. Uh, I definitely knew that that was the time that I wanted to play football, and it, this was, this is a sport I love. Coach, you know, you don't always you don't always see it come out like the love of the game that these guys have. But when you talk to them, you, you definitely get the idea that these guys love to play football, and it's not something that just happened. Um, just because they, this is something that these guys have cultivated for a long time. Yeah, and again, especially with transfers, like in Josh's case, that's always what we ask: is you know, are you know, if there are players on the team that played with him, like there were, it was, you know, what type of person is he? Um, does he really love football? You know, people say a lot of things, but do they really mean it? And do they really care about it? Um, I think when I watch film, that's what I try to watch, and that's what I think a Rowan football player is, just not somebody that plays, but somebody that plays with passion and that cares about it and cares about others. You know, you heard Josh talk about that too. It's, you know, football's that ultimate team sport, and you have to be completely um, selfless and give yourself for everybody else. 
um, like no other sport. And I think, you know, Josh hit it on the head. That's what we look for, you know, and that's what we want, and that's what we always strive for, and we try to watch that in film. And you can, you can tell. When you watch somebody compete and play a sport, you can tell if it really matters to them. And that's what struck me with Josh watching his high school film. Like, you can tell it was something different than just a sport for him. So you played at Highland. You went to I, I'm a Triton guy, so oh, I, yeah, oh, you know I'm I'm on the I'm in the evil evil side of, of this argument. But um, at Highland, how did you cultivate your love of the game? And did you have defensive line? Has that been your track the whole time? Um, it has. It definitely has. Uh, in high school, I played I played center. Of course, that's where I really started out, and then uh, I started transitioning more to my junior year to the defensive line. Um, you know, just definitely the group of guys there definitely. Uh, turned me into a leader that I was. So, you know, high school definitely turned me into the man I am today, uh, leadership-wise. And um, just playing, like, like I, right now, like I play with, with my, one of my teammates, Brad Small, from over there at Highland. Uh, you know, he you know, he, he motivates me to be the leader I am today as well. So it kind of transitions to where I'm at at Rowan, you know, want to be around these guys, want to give them the best I have and be there for them. Who, who was one of your early mentors when you, when you first popped into the program? Um, when I first popped into the program, um, honestly, the first person I talked to was Coach Corsi. Coach Corsi, uh, you know, I was first in contact with him. Um, but, uh, you know, Coach Dawkins, defense coordinator, he was there for me as well. Um, you, I mean, really, all the, all the coaches were actually there for me in the process, you know, you know texting me and you know, wishing me the best and everything like that. So I, I always love asking the defensive guys about what it's like to play against the offense and what it's like playing against the offensive line in practice. Rowan's had some pretty good offensive lines over the years, and this group is, is no exception to that. What's it been like kind of dealing with them, and how, how much as a player has that helped you develop your game? Um, well, you know, th those guys are very experienced up there. You know, it's a very experienced offensive line with, uh, you know, um, we got uh, Bush at center and, and um, uh, Klein at guard and Jeff at tackle, Clem, and uh, all them guys. Were, they, you know, they, they definitely, we compete every day at practice. You know, there's, not, there's never an off snap or anything like that. So uh, they definitely transition and help me to become, and, and know, especially from last year, they definitely helped me a lot, a lot last year, learn the game a lot, because last year was my first ever college, you know, experience of anything. So it was definitely, uh, they definitely helped me a lot transitioning into college football. So you mentioned the transition into college football. I mean, as, as you have evolved as a player, um, the differences you feel this year versus the previous years, how, um, how easier has it been this year for you to get acclimated? A lot easier. It's been a lot easier because, um, you know, I don't think as much now. You know, last year it was all about like, oh, like, you know, I had to really, like, I had to be out there. Like, no, that's that's not the case. Like, the case, like, it, it, it's the same. And, you know, football's the same wherever wherever you're at. You know, it's, it's it's all about having fun, going out there, have fun, let it fly. You know, just following your rules and, you know, whatever happens, happens. Coach, you know, you, you hear that phrase sometimes. It's about having fun and, and things like that. And that that really is a true statement because that. That can only help you become a, a better player when you're fully engaged in it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you're, it's people in pads hitting each other, right? Yeah. That's not for the normal <laughs> yeah. person, right? And unlike most sports, right? There's no other sport like it. So you have to really enjoy it, and you have to be a little different. And <clears throat> Josh will probably agree. To be a defense player, you really got to be different because you know there, there's not a lot of accolades there's usually not a lot of glory there's usually not a lot of press 
Um, you know, you're not catching the ball for touchdowns. You're not throwing the ball for touchdowns. You know, you're in the trenches kind of grinding it out, and you have to really love it. And, again, I, I think that's what we've tried to do as we've reset the program, identify a Rowan football player. And what is that? Somebody that really loves football. And I think when you look at our team, you can see that. They really enjoy you know, playing together and, and, and competing together and being together and understanding how to compete together. And I, I think Josh said it too. The reason defensively we're so much better is because we've faced a pretty good offensive line all year. You know, we were probably getting pushed around a little bit at the beginning part of the year, but then started to hold our own as we started to grow. And again, you know, Josh is a sophomore. Eric's a sophomore. Ahmad's a, so- a junior sophomore. You know, most of these players on the defensive line are younger than the offensive linemen. So, again, you know, they've had to really work hard to kind of hold their own. Um, But I think the offensive line has embraced helping and pushing that as well. So it it goes hand in hand. Another team that has a good offensive line is is your beloved Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. 7-0 so far this season. They'll play tonight against the Houston Texans. I mean, talk to me here about the Eagles. I do want to spend some time talking about uh, your Philly teams because yeah. uh, you are a big-time Philly guy. Big-time, diehard Eagles fan, diehard Phillies fan, you know. Um, no, I mean, I really like the way they play. You know, they're, they're definitely uh, – I kind of translate them to how I am. You know, they're, they really – like, they're, they're, they're a great bond with each other. Like, as you see, like, you see videos on Instagram or social media. They just have that bond together where they just love being around each other. And that, that, I feel like that's – a huge part of football and like that's like that's a lot of things people miss like it's it's not all about I mean yes like we want to win that's the the most important part about football but at the same time like if you're not having fun doing what you like what you love then then you're, you're doing the wrong thing and that's a team that's obviously, I mean, yeah, they're undefeated, yeah. But, they, but they obviously love and have a good yep. time with what they're doing Absolutely. right now. Uh, who, who's your go-to guy on the team? Who's, Jason Kelsey. Oh, of Jason course. Kelsey. That's yeah. my guy. That's a, that's a great answer. That's my guy. I mean, he is an energetic player yep. at, the, at the center position and one of the best to ever do it. Absolutely. He absolutely is. He's the best center in the league. So what are the, what are the hopes here? You think, you think they can run the table? What do you think? Yeah, they, they're going 8-0 tonight. 8-0 tonight. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the season go, but I definitely see them in the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Another championship. Okay, yeah. there's We've got a long way to go, but but no doubt they're definitely uh, – the, they look as good as anybody in the NFL yeah. right now. Yeah. On the other side of the ledger, last night not so oh. much fun for for the fights. <laughs> the, the Phillies get no hit by the Astros. Um, what, what are your thoughts here on the World Series? Um. You know, it's pretty. It's really exciting to see you know the Phillies back in the World Series. Uh, the last time there, I was eight, nine years old was the last time yeah. they won the World Series. So you know, this is actually like a pretty cool opportunity for me to see now that you know I'm, I'm a lot much older and uh, I can see like uh, what the true meaning of baseball is. So you know, I get I get a lot of uh, excitement seeing them play. So tonight, hopefully, it's a different story. Who's your favorite player? See, it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. <laughs> I you know I'm I'm, I'm not really. Uh, I don't know. See, I think I'm going to go with Bryson Stott. Yeah. So he's a pretty good player. Okay. Pretty good young player. Okay, that's yeah. a different answer. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good answer for sure. Yeah. So, it, big game tonight, obviously. I, it, one of the things that, that we've, that's come up on the show in years past is kind of the, the rivalry within the team mm-hmm. about the rooting interest. Oh, <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> it's the same conversation over the 30 years I've been here. It's just different players and 
the same teams. It's amazing because you get your North Jersey Giants, your North Jersey Jets, your Eagles, you get your Ravens, you get your Steelers. Mm-hmm. You, it's just so funny to hear the conversations. It really is. I mean, how much do you have to? How much defending do you have to do of the uh, the, the Philly teams? I'll back them up no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. I, whatever anybody throws at me, they win or lose that week, I don't care. I'm backing them up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So so what do you, what do you think that the Phillies have left in the tank here? I got Phillies winning 4-2. Okay. 4-2. Okay. That was their last right. Yeah, that was their, that, that's it last night. That's it. All right. All right. That, that would be nice. That would yes. be very nice. And hopefully we'll have a parade to worry about yep. next week. That would be a, a nice addition to the, to the calendar next week for Absolutely. sure. So as as we take a look here at um, your the rest of your junior year going into senior year, the defensive line, Coach kind of hit on it a second ago, um, it's a group that looks like should be able to stay together here for the next year plus to really become an even better unit than they already are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're, like Coach said, we're a young, young line, you know. Uh, Last year we were just getting our feet wet, and you know this year we kind of uh, we're showing everybody that you know we're just because we're young that doesn't mean anything. You know we're going to be here for a little while, so you know get comfortable because we're we're going to be here. So, well, Josh, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show here. Go Phils, go Go Birds, go Birds, let's go. We'll we'll see. We'll see how things progress (laughs) here tonight. It's a big night of Philadelphia sports as we have this show right here from Italian Affair in Glassboro. Josh Ortiz, thanks for joining us on the Road University Football Coaches Show. Thank you guys. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the NJAC scoreboard and take a look forward to Montclair State coming up on Saturday. Stay tuned. Rowan Radio on 89.7 WGLS-FM, but why stop there? Take us anywhere by listening to RowanRadio.com. Plus, you can find us on social media. Follow us at Rowan Radio on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like us on Facebook. Take part in our Instagram polls and let us know what's on your mind and the songs you want to hear. Enter to win special giveaways and check out what's behind the scenes of your favorite shows. Rowan Radio on air and on your phone. Visit RowanRadio.com to find out more. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by the GRASP Coalition, an initiative of the Southwest Council. The GRASP Coalition is dedicated to preventing the abuse of addictive substances through strategic community partnerships. The GRASP Coalition is currently looking for passionate collaborators to join their prevention efforts. For more information on the GRASP Coalition, future community coalition meetings, or the Southwest Council, the website is southwestcouncil.org backslash our dash coalitions discover. The Southwest Council is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other and build family memories we will carry with us forever. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. It's easy. Just put in your zip code to find family-friendly outdoor destinations near you. 
you'll also find guides to free activities, games, and amazing forest facts. Give the magic of the outdoors to your kids and reconnect with your family. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. This is JT Plasteris, and you're listening to the Roan University Football Coaches Show right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro, Derek Jones and head coach of Pros Football, Jay Acorsi. I'd have to say the defensive linemen have acquitted themselves quite well on this show. Yes, they have, and I, haven't, you know, I didn't realize until you were talking about Josh and Eric, and then, you know, Maude was here before, and I'm like, Wow, we've had almost all of them, all of them on, and you know, very eloquent, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, really, you know, very uh, representing the defensive line very well. Yes, yes, and uh, he has been a part of a very solid crew for the props this season. Let's take a look at the NJAC scoreboard as we get set to break down Montclair State. Last Saturday, TCNJ, after some bumpy weeks of action in terms of close losses and and tough games. 33-2 win over William Patterson. Yeah, you know, and again, you know, William Patterson's, you know, lost to us, and, you know, this, the, you know, the conference just kind of ebbs and flows. And, you know, I know TCJ lost big to Salisbury, but then turned around and, and beat what I think is a really good William Patterson team. So, yeah, I think it shows the balance of the conference. And then you, you already hit on it a little bit earlier. Christopher Newport escapes Montclair yeah. State with a one-point win, 14-13. What did you learn yeah, from that? I mean, Montclair had them. Again, Montclair's M.O. is a little bit like ours. You know, play really well in the first half, go up, and then try to hold on for dear life in the second half. Um, you know, Christopher Newport always seems to struggle up in North Jersey to play. Um, they seem to struggle sometimes at Kane. They seem to struggle sometimes at Montclair. Um, I wish they'd struggle playing us, but, you know, again, you know, uh, a really close football game, and it looks like CNU and Salisbury are setting themselves up, but, you know, we're still another week away from that. So they were able to, in that game, speak of Montclair State, 328 yards of total offense for Christopher Newport in that game, and it was one of those games that kind of, you know, you're, you're not able to make enough plays offensively, uh, they were one of ten on third down, speaking of Montclair State. So, obviously, that doesn't make things easier for you, along with nine penalties, 74 yards. Yeah, you know, CNU wants to get you in that fast-paced game, and, um, you know, the weather affected our game a little bit, but I, I thought we were able to kind of play that game with them. Uh, Montclair's not designed to be that type of team, you know, so they're going to struggle with that probably a little bit. Um, but, again, they, you know, 14 to 13, you know, they were right there and could have easily won that game. Well, no question about it, and, and they'll try to certainly uh, turn the tide. Uh, speaking of CNU, this will continue the tide against Salisbury. We'll get to that game coming up in a little bit. But, you know, Montclair State, it's it, it, they've always, no matter what they're doing in, in terms of the, the, the conference scene or the national scene, they've always seemed to be, to be a, a thorn in the side of the props one way or another, and that can be traced to their head coach, Rick Giancola. Yeah, you know, an alum that that played back in the day. He's in our Hall of Fame. Um, You know, they've done a, you know, he's done a really good job over his 40 plus years um, of coaching. Um, They're, you know, they're, they're gritty, always a big offensive line, always good skill players, and always a rough and tumble defense. And, 
you know, this team for them this year is is no different. And, you know, we're going to have our hands full. We, we really are. When we take a look at the, the NJAC scoreboard for this coming weekend, Salisbury at Kane as the collision course for Salisbury and Christopher Newport lining up here in a couple of weeks. And then TCNJ against Christopher Newport and the other game, of course, Montclair State against Rowan. I think you, you made a crucial point early on saying that you felt like Rowan had set itself up to get back to the point to compete against the, 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 the top teams in, in the conference. And I, I think that's an important distinction because now you, the, the guys who will be here next year and the year after that kind of see, okay, we can compete with this team in Salisbury. Yeah, and again, you know, we had to reset the button and start over. You know, a lot of teams did. Um, but again, some of our NJAC teams did play that spring that we did not. So we had to overcome a, a lot of different things. And again, you know, we had a kind of down years in 2018 and 19, uh, did not play in 2020, and really had to refocus, reboot, reset, and reestablish the program last year. Went through our lumps, but the players did a great job and the coaches and stayed the course. And now I think we've put ourselves, um, you know, a little bit sooner than I thought to be able to compete for a conference championship. And you know, it's not easy in our conference. Every team is really good. This year it seems like the defenses are really exceptional. Um, but, again, I think we're in a good position. And, again, the three captains in this senior group is really reestablished and and helped us for years to come to be able to compete at, at what we're used to, a really high level. Well, you mentioned the defenses. Obviously, Montclair State has had one of the better defenses in the conference. They've given up 16 points yep. per game. They're three uh, in the NJAC in terms of uh, yards allowed. What what makes them so difficult? You know, they're just physical. You know, they're, they're physical up front. They're physical at the point attack. Um, you know, they have safeties that are really active. Um, you know, they're experienced. Again, they have a lot of players back from last year that played a lot for them. Again, um, it looks like they've changed kind of a odd man, a 3-4 look like a lot of us have for the option for Salisbury. Um, but again, they're just really physical and really active. And, you know, we're going to have to get them out in space, kind of make it an open game type of situation to be able to get some matchups we want. Offensively, it, it's... It seems like it's kind of a, of a mixed bag for them at times. You know, they've been able to churn out some pretty good running backs. The, the passing game, that's where it seems to be a little bit of a, a challenge for them at, at times over the years. Yeah, well, again, you know, they had the quarterback that seemed like he was there for 15 years. <laughs> um, so we finally, that was one of the first things I looked at this year when we were looking at rosters was, is the Montclair quarterback gone finally? It seemed like he was there forever, um, and and he is. So they're young at that position, and, and that's going to create some, um, you know, some difficult situations, especially throwing the football. And again, they they're really good at running the ball. They're big. They're physical up front. They're getting better at throwing the ball. So you know, we're going to have to really be on our A game defensively to to slow them down and stop them. As, as you take a look at kind of where uh, the, the conference is as a whole, you mentioned it kind of being a, a defensive-oriented group primarily. Where, where would you, the, the strength of the conference, I guess, how would you assess that so far this year from what you've seen? And again, I, I think you look at the out-of-conference games. We all did fairly well. Um, we'll certainly find out a lot more about ourselves as a conference next year when we get into the Centennial NJAC Challenge and match up with 
each of us playing three schools from the Centennial. So we're going to find out more. Obviously, Hopkins, right, and Muhlenberg, and they got some really dynamic teams. So, again, that'll really define who we are as a conference. But I thought in the early part of the year we played well against non-conference teams. We really held our own. Um, and I think, you know, whoever wins the conference is going to be able to represent ourselves really well in postseason games. And, you know, that's always been the case. And I think that speaks volumes about about the conference and conference play and how tough it is week in and week out. And I've always said that. The team that goes on to play in whatever postseason competition is usually going to fare pretty well because they're used to playing tough games every week. Once you get in the playoffs, that's usually the case. Yeah, we, we have not seen a lot of one-and-outs from, from, no. from the NJAC no, no. over the years. Yeah, I mean, you know, Salisbury recently, you know, Wesley, ourselves, um, have really held our own in um, postseason play, and that's what you'd like to see. And Again, I think that's generated from the competition in the conference. You know, I see a lot of these other conferences and schools and and teams, and I don't know top to bottom, obviously the Wisconsin Conference. Um, you know, there might be one or two others, but the NJAC has got to be up there top to bottom in terms of the competitiveness of the teams. Yeah, and it's always, it's, it's tough to gauge sometimes from the playoffs in a sense because in some years it's been a situation where the NJAC wins a game and then your round two opponent or your round three opponent is Mount Union. Union or Linfield or, or, or Harry Hardin-Dale yeah, yeah, and it's, or it's, whatever it is. Yeah, and, and that's a whole different, again, that's a whole different dynamic that has changed. I think there's, you know, five, six, seven teams that are just different than everybody else. Um, and, and I think then there's playoff teams and then, you know, there's kind of everybody else. And I think that's... That's just the difference over all the years that have changed, I think, in the NCAA tournament for football. And certainly the, the, the props will hopefully be able to make their run back to the NCAA tournament somewhere down the line here. And it's it's a league that I think helps prepare you when you get into the postseason to, to, to do well. Yep, because you got to play every week. And then there's no really easy game on the schedule. And, you know, some people say, well, maybe that hurts a conference. Can't you? I really don't believe that. I think, it, you know, whoever comes out of it when the dust is settled is going to be able to represent the conference really, really well. And um, I think that's really important. And I'm really excited next year for the Centennial and Jack Challenge because then we're playing Hopkins, you know, and, and Muhlenberg and some other teams that have been on the national scene to be able to see exactly where we stack up as a conference. And we will talk more about the New Jersey Athletic Conference and much, much more here, including the Rowan University Football Fan Questions Uh-oh. of the Week when we come Uh-oh. back right here as a part of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. We'll close it out right after this. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121 and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. 
Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Tune in to Rowan Radio every Saturday afternoon from 5 to 8 p.m. for the Icon Rock Show with the Icon himself, Harry D. Enjoy the very best classic and hard rock from Aerosmith to Black Sabbath to the Rolling Stones and more. Crank up the volume for the Icon Rock Show every Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. This is Michael Mascioli, and you're listening to the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro, it is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Derek Jones and Jay Acorsi with you tonight. We'll have one final show here from Italian Affair next week as the props get set for what will be a tight schedule next week because you have the, yeah. the game against uh, New England on yeah, Friday. Friday night, yeah, short week. So we'll see. Yes, <laughs> yes, it, it should be an exciting time here next week yep. as well. So I would, before we get to the fan questions, I would be remiss if I did not throw a shout-out and some love towards the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, playing in the championship yes. game, yeah, Saturday. Absolutely, and, of course, a part of a, a, what's a great run right now for Philadelphia sports. And they have one of the best atmospheres. We are talking a little bit off-air. I had a chance to go see them in August down there in Chester, and what, yeah. what an unbelievable atmosphere that is. Yeah, would have been nice if that was the facility... On our campus, yeah. <laughs> but that didn't work out. But that would have been really nice. But, uh, yeah, I've been to some games, and um, <clears throat> my family follows them, my son being a soccer player, and uh, very exciting and very happy for them as well. You know, the Philly area is really popping. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things that right now that, that kind of energizes the area, how well the teams are doing. And, obviously, the union uh, got a big one on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the Sixers are starting up, and yes. the Flyers are starting up, and, Seems like everybody's playing now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the more interesting and dynamic times in recent Philadelphia sports history. So best of luck to the Union as they get ready for the championship round coming up this weekend. And, of course, the Phillies with Game 5. Yep. Have you ever seen a no-hitter in person, by the way? I have not. I saw a triple-A game that went 20-something innings. Oh, boy. But um, not a no-hitter. No, a, a, a tough night for those who spent thousands of dollars on World Series tickets, if you're a Phillies fan, to see your team get no yeah, hit. Yeah, didn't see many hits there. Not great. They're uh, coming tonight, though. Yes, yeah. They're tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, no one in the history of Major League Baseball has been back, uh, hit, no hit in back-to-back -back, yep. uh, World Series coming games. Tonight. So they will they will be arriving tonight. Also arriving, the Rowan University Football uh -oh. Fan Questions uh -oh. of the Week. We will start with Connor in Glassboro, who wants to know, after last week's hard-fought loss to Salisbury, how have you kept the guys focused this week on the Red Hawks? You know, it's it's a it's a very you know, and you heard Josh talk about that. It, it's a group that really enjoys being together, and now they understand that, you know, we have two weeks left, and they have two weeks left, and 
you know, we'll see some seniors leave that have done some tremendous things to get us back. Um, but they, they've been really great in practice. Uh, they work really hard. Very lively group. That's usually why my voice is usually a little hoarse. But um, very fun to be around, and, and they really enjoy working and, and being together. Brian from Glassboro has the next question. He says, uh, hard-fought effort last week against Salisbury. In your time with the props, what has been the best Montclair State team that you've gone up against? Boy, you know, there have been some really good ones over the years. I, you know, I, I know there were a couple years, like T.C. and J. and William Patterson, we played them in the playoffs um, and had some really good quarterbacks. I remember Collins really good baseball player um, quarterback they had and um, they've had some really good teams that we've battled over the years um, and again you know they were the power way back when the NJAC first started in football and they were the team to beat and I remember talking to John Bunning who was inducted in the Hall of Fame last year and he said you know Montclair was the team we were trying to beat um, you know when he was resetting the program in the 80s and They've always just been really good, and, um, you know, they've had some really good dynamic teams over the years that have been very dangerous. Um, so it, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say which one specifically. And the last one from Andy in Collingswood, is there somebody that James Farrah reminds you of at running back from somebody you've seen, whether it be a prof or somebody else who you've coached against? Um, you know, Anthony Diorio comes to mind who played a few years ago for us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, able to catch the ball, run, different style. Uh, Keith Corcoran, who played yeah. for us back in the day, very similar in, in that they can do a lot of different things. Um, I think that's what makes James so dynamic is, you know, he's just not a good runner. He can catch the ball. Obviously, we've seen that. He can block and pass protection. Um, you know, again, I think he's able to do a lot of different things. John Mannion, that was a name yeah. from a few years ago that came on the scene that was kind of sneakily good. That's how I think James is. Um, you know, and all of a sudden you turn and he has, you know, 80, 90, 100, 110 yards every game. And it's because he very rarely takes negative plays. He always is going to get something positive. And, and, and when you have that production out of that position, it's going to set yourself up for manageable downs later on. So once again, you can check us out on Twitter with your Roan University football fan questions of the week at WGLS Sports or at Rowan Radio, or you can email us at WGLS at Rowan.edu. It's got to feel good to at least have the last couple of games here in your building. Yeah, I mean, we've been road warriors uh, with some overnights and being away. Um, but I think we've handled it really well, and I think we've been very competitive. And, again, that's what we wanted this year compared to last year. And you hate to compare years, but just to make sure we were competing to win and put ourselves in a position. And we've done that in every game. And, um, you know, that you got to give the players credit. Um, you know, we're still really young at a lot of spots. Um, but, again, I'm very pleased at what the three captains have done and what the seniors have done and putting ourselves in a position to be competitive week in and week out. And, you know, last weekend we were playing kind of for a conference championship. It just came up a little bit short but gave everything, you know, Salisbury had at their homecoming, um, you know, and almost pulled it out. A couple of keys to victory for the props on Saturday. Again, I think we got to play really well early 
Um, I think we got to get on them and, and get some scores um, early to get it, um, you know, a two, three possession game if we can do that. But they're really good, you know, and it's it's going to be another battle. You know, they're a, your typical NJAC team, great team defense, um, you know, some, some players on offense that can hurt you. They remind me a lot of us, you know, and it's going to be another good test for us. And to see where we are, can we compete at another high level for another week? And I think that's what we've been able to do week in and week out this season, which is um, really nice to see and a credit to the players. Well, Coach, best of luck to you and the profs coming up on Saturday. Yeah, thanks. Should be a great atmosphere. Should be a beautiful day in the 70s, 60s, warm. Um, You know, it should be a great crowd. Um, we've had great crowds at home. We've been very blessed, and we look for the same thing. Um, and, again, for people to catch this version of their Rowan football profs for 2022, um, you know, to see another exciting game at Coach Richard Wacker Stadium. And the fun begins at Coach Richard Wacker Stadium at 1 o'clock with the kickoff at that time. Profs pregame will hit the airwaves of Rowan Radio at 1230. Of course, you can catch an encore presentation of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show at 12. So that will wrap it up for our program here this evening. Again, we'll be back next week from Italian Affair. Coach, it's time's running out here on the season incredibly. Yeah, I know. It goes really fast, doesn't it? And I, I'm going to miss the you know the Frank Sinatra music in the yeah. background, and <laughs> clanking of dishes, and the smell yeah. of really good Italian food. Um, you know, it, it's just it, it's been really fun and exciting. It's gone really fast. And usually when it goes fast, it's because it's all good. And, um, again, just really proud of our players and coaches and staff and support staff and everybody involved and, um, you know, just, just very, very fortunate to be around some really great people and appreciate what they've done here at Italian Affair and everybody at GLS, too. And, again, we got two more weeks, so let's yep. finish it off in a good fashion. Absolutely. And with that, special thanks back to the studios and Ali Pontano. For Jay Corsi, Josh Ortiz, I'm Derek Jones saying so long, and we'll talk to you on Saturday. Have a good one, everybody.